with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. If it's free, it's me. <laughs> How often have you heard that? Hey, you're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We have October 23rd and 24th. Today is the second of two free fishing Saturdays in the state of New Jersey. The first one was back in June. This comes right on the heels of the conclusion of the autumn trout stocking program. South Jersey was dosed this past week. Plenty of trout out there. No license, no trout stamp needed. All day today, we have incredible largemouth bass and pickerel fishing here in South Jersey. Great pan fishing, crappies, yellow perch, white perch. No license or stamp required. And those snakeheads, those snakeheads down there by the Delaware River, Rancocas Creek, Omens Creek, all those tributaries in there, they'll rip your face off. Again, no license, no trout stamp required. Get out there and enjoy. Okay, we have a really jammed show. It is election time. It is happening. Joining us on our next segment is Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. The importance of this gubernatorial election coming up. We're also going to be talking turkey. Yes, happy new year. Fall turkey season opens today and runs through next Saturday. Jimmy Sloan, Division of Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Wildlife Management, Upland Bird Project Leader. We'll be talking to turkey prospectus. And later on in the show, Ronnie Jones, ACP Red X Pride. We're going to be talking some uh, talking turkey. Some of these key, key calls. Get those birds back after you bust up the flock. Tog fishing is inferno. Inferno status. Tom Peter limits only one. I realize that. But they, I mean, any jetty, man, we've Avalon jetty, Shark River Inlet jetty, Manasquan jetty, Barnegat Inlet jetty. I mean, they are absolutely everywhere. Sea bass has been either very good, excellent, or not so, not so much. That's the sea bass have been, again, good days, bad days. I know the weather's been a, just been horrific. On the overall, a lot of time the boat, you know, you can't get out there. It just, it's, it's just happening. But we have plenty of stripers around in the inlets and still in the back bays. The movement is on. The eel deal, we're going to address this more next week. The eel deal is happening. Spot's still the hot live bait. You want to do the spot on thing? It is happening. Okay, man, grab that cup, grab that rub. We'll be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Ed Markowski, NJOA. Jack for governor. Murphy must go. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside, Rack and Finn, Ray of Me, Tom P, weekend of October 23rd and 24th, and a happy new year to all. We realize that in the parallel universe of Rack and Finn Radio, 18 years strong. Whenever a season opens, or a portion of a season, or reopens, indeed calls for a new year celebration. Today, and running through the October 30th, it's the South Zone. First portion of the South Zone duck opener. Guess what? Guess what opens today and runs through next Saturday as well? Fall turkey season. Yep, we have a fall turkey season here. I've called the autumn turkey season here in New Jersey. Great opportunities from Sussex to Cape May and many points in between. Not uh doesn't seem to be as popular. Actually, nowhere near as popular as the spring season. That reason, I don't know why. I have very, very patient guests waiting on us right now to get into it. Just a reminder, today is the last day that they, well, they put them out yesterday for chuckers to train your birds on select wildlife management areas in the Rackenfin Radio area. You're talking Aston Pink, Collier's Mills, Madison, Stafford, Forge, Glassboro, Millville, and Tuckahoe. Let's get to the fall turkeys. Join us on the line. Great guy, cool guy. I've known him for many years. It's Jimmy Sloan, Senior Wildlife Biologist, Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Wildlife Management. He is the Upland Bird Project Leader, and that includes turkeys. Let's talk turkeys. Fall turkey, background on the population. How is the spring reproduction? And let's see the opportunities that await. Listen, a little later on, we'll get into some tactics with another guest. Fall turkey hunting is great, and not that many people do it. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. How you doing, little brother? Hey, Tom, how's it going? Fall turkey's here, baby. So you know what I'm all about. <laughs> okay, blackfish, right. stripers, the fish that I get. No, man, this is turkey week for Tom P's Parallel Universe. How's it going, Jimmy? Listen, we have great a great flock of turkeys here in the state, statewide. What's what's the estimate, 23, 24,000 birds, something like that? Yeah, yeah, we're floating around 21 to 23,000 birds statewide. Um, this year's pulp production was pretty good. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh -huh. But, uh... And it's a bumper mast year. I mean, 
you got to look around. You're going to have to really tighten your laces and get, get the walking. Get the walking boots on. Absolutely correct. Well, Jim, it's basically you bust the flock, locate a flock, get them scattered, that type of thing, bringing them back. But I want to well, let's backtrack to the spring season if we can for a little bit. Uh, the, what was the gobbler take? Twenty three hundred birds or something like that this past spring? Uh, yeah, two thousand three hundred twenty seven. That that's down a bit, isn't it, from the previous previous year? Yeah. Yep, eighteen point four percent decrease. What did you say? Eighteen point four percent decrease. Whoa! From the two thousand eight hundred and fifty harvested in the spring of two thousand twenty. Jim, was that uh, who, what was the factors now? Was it weather? I can't. I can't remember. I'm one hundred thirty eight years old. Did we lose uh, a lot of days of weather or what? We had a lot of sportsmen out in the field last year. Um, you know, due to COVID, a lot of people were working from home, and I, I think that really drove up the harvest. Yeah. But I, I, I guess that a lot of people in the woods, man, a lot of calling going on. Those birds, you know, they tuck in, they tuck in and, and, and stay, uh, stay tight. But man, it's a 20% decrease, but that's not indication of the health of the flock, correct? It's still solid. No, we need to use a five year average to figure that out. But yeah, no, no, the flock's still doing good. Portions in the north slightly decreasing, judged by five year trends in harvest. Mm -hmm. But everywhere in the state, they look stable. Jimmy, South Jersey. I always said the South shall rise again, especially when it comes to turkey hunting. The reintroduction uh, by the Bureau of Wildlife Management over the years, and they finally took relocation here. Listen, they stock birds there. Really took off. The South Jersey turkey hunting areas kick ass, man, especially in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Zones 20 and 21 are just phenomenal. Jim, are there any more plans on relocation? Is the population, again, development, I get that, pretty much where it is, it's stabilized, and that's about as much as we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like we hit carrying capacity probably in the mid-2000s. Um, now it's going back down. Um, yes, there is going to be translocations. They're mainly nuisance birds. Um, but there is some research in the pipeline. I can't talk too much on it, but sure. Uh, I'll be sure to let you know if it gets approved. Jim, your perspective is now the autumn season. Not that many people do it. Again, there's, you know, listen, to me, it's not that they're not interested in turkey. There's so many distractions. The tog, but as I mentioned earlier, is on fire. Stripers, you know, the eel deal's on. Stripers are going crazy. They just stocked a bleep load of trout up and down the state. You have freshwater bass fishing's going nuts. Pickler going nuts. Give me a lot. And, of course, archery deer season. Just starting to see some indicators that the rut might be getting underway. That a lot of distractions. Turkey hunting in the fall is like, eh. You know, to me, it's, eh, you know, that's more of a spring thing. What's your take on that? Well, I, I think it goes back to heritage. I mean, if we look across the Delaware or Pennsylvania, their fall turkey season is just as popular as their spring season. Yep. Um, we don't we don't really have that. You know, we instituted it in 1997. Right. So, you know, we're only running on 20 some years of it. Um, our harvest is usually around 100 birds like that. That's just our fall season. But it's a total missed opportunity. I mean, your diehard turkey hunters will participate in it. But um, some of the new turkey hunters that we're seeing every spring aren't showing up in the fall. Uh-huh. And, you know, listeners, again, as Jimmy says, opportunity wasted because there are plenty of birds out there. We have hundreds of thousands of acres, it seems like, of public land. You don't need the private gig here, man. Plenty of birds yeah. on, on, on public land. Jim, the wildlife management areas, the state parks and forests, the, the county lands that are open to hunting, We it, it's not to say it's going to be a cinch to get a bird, but the odds are pretty even to me compared to the spring. A lot of gobblers out there, also the corollary being a lot of hunters. Now, Jim, in your opinion, back to the spring. I'm bouncing around because it's Tom P. I can do that. The afternoon, <laughs> that, that last week or two, or the last two weeks or whatever, where you get hunt in the afternoon, has that impacted you? Here it goes. Oh, they're going to F up the flocks totally. It's going to be a mess. They're going to be overkill. Has that happened? Uh, so we get this question every year, and it's usually, you know, the guys are hunting turkeys in the spring like they are deer in the fall so actually i looked back at the numbers and 104 birds were harvested in the afternoon during that period uh so that's only four percent of the harvest so there that's not affecting it no okay hey, joining us online is jimmy sloan he's a senior biologist division of fish and wildlife bureau of wildlife match we're talking the fall turkey hunting season prospectus opens today and goes through next saturday jim now the hunting hours are half hour before sunrise the half hour sunset there are bumper mass crops. I, didn't, I can't say statewide because we, you know, you know, I'm, I'm get very fortunate with people. I get to be all over the state. Some areas hot, some areas not. But the, the the population, the flocks themselves, are in great condition. Jim, what do you see if there's any 
causing a downturn of population. Is it development and birds getting squeezed or going into suburban areas where they can't be hunted? What what, what are we looking at so far as being like a negative for the birds? Well, there's a, there's a few things. Um, w- one is, you know, their habitat's decreasing, but then when they build the senior development or any kind of development, I mean, these birds are taken off. Uh, flocks of 100 are very common in a lot of these, and they turn into nuisance. Um, and then we have, you know, the Ridge and Valley up north where there's a ton of predators. They have everything up there. They have bobcats, bear, coyote, fisher. Right. I mean, it's really hard. Uh, a wet spring up there can really decrease the population. We're down in our ag country in Salem and Cumberland County. I mean, a wet spring one year isn't that bad to be when they have mm-hmm. full production to do down south. So, Jim, are there any avian diseases that could possibly impact, you know, whatever time of year, spring, summer, fall, impact the turkeys? Yeah, there, there is a few, and we are doing some disease studies, which we did participate with Pennsylvania over the last few years. LPV is a big one, um, although that's from Europe, and then, or it, it could have originated from here, uh, and then they found it over in Europe. But um, that's the main one that most of the turkey biologists are looking for. I mean, this the, the, the decline of turkeys in the southeast is really something that you get, your listeners haven't heard anything about. No. They really need to start uh, paying attention to that because oh. their numbers are really uh, decreasing. Wow. Well, that's not good. Well, Jim, you mentioned uh, predation, especially up north. There's a lot of dogs, a lot of coyotes down here in South Jersey. Jimmy, you probably know some in Cape May. I see them in Southern Ocean, Burlington, whatever. That has to have, especially in the spring with the pulse, has to have some sort of impact. Now, and also, Jim, what about the avian predation, red-tailed hawks, things like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When the pulse are within the first, like, four to six weeks, I mean, that's, that's a huge factor. But, I mean, that's something we can't, we can't harp on that. We need right. to just build good habitat. Right. And if there's habitat that isn't that isn't currently uh, occupied by turkey, we need to make sure we get some turkeys into that. Jim, is the is the uh, Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Wildlife Management or Lands Management uh, Bureau as well? Are you addressing that in certain management areas? We say, man, we could plant chew for or whatever so some areas to increase the turkey population or make it more hospitable, um, so to speak. Yeah, so chew is a touchy one. Um, Somehow it can cross pollinate with nut sedge. Um, so oh, you don't want that's that. A yeah. Yeah. Right that's a touchy one. But yes, we are doing food plots and stuff like that. I'm seeing more and more times the land management crew. I'm going to give a shout out to them. They're just doing a fantastic job on our WMAs. Right now they're doing a lot of fall planting, which a few years ago we didn't see. Right. So, um, hey, 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 Sloan, is, is Jason Heron the man? He is the man. Jason Heron's the man. Man. We're speaking with Jimmy Stone, Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Wildlife Management. Fall turkey season, as on listeners, goes through next Saturday. Okay, half hour before sunrise, a half hour after sunset. One bird per permit. Now, you can get you know, buy as many permits, and they're still available. License-issuing license agents go online. $21. You can't beat it for the opportunity. One bird per permit. You cannot get more than one bird per day, though. Hens and gobblers and the teenagers, the jakes, I call them, all legal and, Jim, we have, like you said, with the number of birds we have, the amount of public land open, and the, actually the lack of hunting pressure, it's a win-win all around. Let's just get that permit. You have to know we have a guest coming on a little later on with some good kiki calls. How to get, if you're bust a flock, how to get them going. It's a great opportunity, and especially this time of year, a glorious month of October. And I like how the division, you guys, it took a lot of, shout out to Tony McBride, former Turkey Project leader, getting a go, Jim, where he had this Saturday open. So you have two Saturdays to hunt instead of just the Monday through the Saturday, like deer, like the old shotgun deer season. What do you think? Hello. And, Jimmy, I think having that added Saturday, again, that Saturday to Saturday instead of, the, again, the Monday to Saturday, even more opportunity. And, Jim, is that really going to impact the, the, the local flock you're hunting in any which way, shape, or form, correct? No, it, it won't. We're seeing, I mean, first of all, who doesn't love another day in the woods? But, <laughs> ah, that's you know, right. We're just, I mean, you can look at the harvest trends from when they instituted that, and it, it, it's not increasing anything except for people having a good time. And, Jim, let me, let me throw this out at you real fast. You're, uh, okay, I'm going to put him on a spot. But Jimmy's the man, the one, the guy. Jimmy Sloan. Say, throw out some, some. what do you think in South Jersey, top uh, turkey hunting areas, wildlife management areas. What do you think? I'm going to go with Peasley Wildlife Management Area. Ooh, quail country, people. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Buck Shootin' Wildlife Management Area and Dick's Wildlife Management Area. That's my three favorite. And there you go. Listeners, $21. Get the permit. 
fall tournament. I know we have the deer, we have the squirrel, we have the rabbits, we have the South Zone ducks open. A lot of stuff going on. Give the turkeys a try. It's not just a springtime game. Jimmy, thanks for joining us on Rackethin. By the way, how's your fall looking up? You been able to get out in the woods or on the marsh? No, I have not been duck hunting yet. I have, uh, I've been doing pretty good on the deer side. So There you go. Jimmy, see you soon, man. You take care. Thanks for joining us on Rackethin. Jimmy Sloan, he is the Upland Bird Project Leader, Division of Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Wildlife Management. Ace guy. I've known the guy for years. He is a, as a lot of them are, when it comes to dedication is second to none. Jimmy, keep up the great work. Take care, brother. All right. Thanks, Tom. See yeah, man, coming up a little later in the program, talking some fall turkey, literally. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Up next, Ed Markowski, NJOA. Voting time is here. Murphy must go. Be right back. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. This is Ray. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 23rd and 24th. This most glorious month on the calendar is rapidly coming to a close. Now, today, October 23rd, early voting starts statewide in New Jersey. Yes, so we can, uh, let's help get, let's get to the polls, do the writing thing, whatever. Let's get Jack Chitterelli in the governor's seat. Joe's on the line right now, very special guest on Rack and Fin Radio is Ed Markowski, former Deputy Chief of Conservation Officer, Division of Fish and Wildlife. He is a former trustee with the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. He's still with the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, making a difference. They had the, the uh, fundraiser a couple weeks ago at, I just love that course, Red Wing Sporting Clay, Suey's Landing Road in Port Republic. Shout out to Roger and the whole crew. It was a smashing success. More, more shooters than they expected. Raised a lot of money. The push is on, people. November 2nd, Formal, formal, formal election day is coming. Ed's on the line with us right now. Give us a, a rundown of what happened at the shoot and his prospectus for the election. Eddie, how you doing, brother? I'm doing just fine, Tom. Once again, thanks for having me on the air. Always, always a pleasure, Markowski. Let's get to that shoot. I had calls all over the place. Now, we were out of state at the time. Tommy P., my God, that place was packed. It was mobbed. Couldn't even get close to it. Woo! To thank the sportsmen and sportswomen. Uh, for making that, and our sponsors, for making that a huge, huge success. It's the best fundraiser we've had down south. Hats off to Roger Guyverson for his support. Um, his Red Wing Sporting Clays, as always, was excellent. And I wore your hat <laughs> that you sent me, and it was noticed. I, I, it, uh, as they signed up, they said, oh, rack and thin. We listened to it coming down here this morning. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I did what I said I'd do. I wear, you send it to me, I'll, I would wear it. <laughs> well, Ed, I'm sure you look uh, like you're going to be on a cover of GQ with that cap on, baby. We got it made. Oh. <laughs> Ed, to the, to the enthusiasm there, a lot of people fired up with the election coming up, what the NJO stands for, getting Chitterelli in office. Uh, what did you see? Uh, I've seen a lot of similarities to what happened 12 years ago with Chris Christie. Um, as you know, on Monday, the NJOA formally came out uh, with a press release backing uh, Jack for governor. We had had a chance to speak to Jack, sit down and talk to him, go over the areas that we agreed upon, areas that we had differences of opinion, and saw somebody very similar to the uh, candidate we backed 12 years ago when uh, we had the election of Corzine versus Christie. Um, and let, let me just call out the, the governor for some of the things that have happened over the past four years. Uh, we attempted to sit down with this governor and to discuss our differences of opinion when he was a candidate. And we got a cold shoulder. Never once were our pleas for a meeting answered. At least five times during the course of his four years as governor, I've personally tried to sit down with him and discuss the differences of opinion that we have and how we might be able to agree. And to date, he is the only governor that has not given an audience to the sportsman's representatives to sit down and talk. 
Uh, I think that says a lot about the governor we have today. Um, Jack has indicated that he won't only make noise about being a governor who uses science to make his decisions. He will, in fact, do that. Something that Governor Murphy has told us he does, and I've listened to him time and time again on the airways with mm-hmm. COVID, how he is a man of science. But when it comes to natural resources, he's just a, simply a man of politics, and he's shown us that over and over and over again. Now, the good thing is that this election has come to the same point at the same time as the Corzine-Christie election, where we were within that four points, plus or minus. Right. And uh, that means that we can make a difference. That means that the sportsmen, the legal gun owners, the Federation, 2A, rifle and pistol, NRA, if we all put our shoulders together and put aside any petty differences that we may have, as we did 12 years ago, we can make an impact on this election. There's no doubt in my mind. Four years ago, we sat in our collective duffs. We voted at a 19%, which is a right. dismal oh, number. That was that just sucked. Oh, God. We voted at almost 68% in the Christie election. Mm-hmm. What did we get? We got four years of King Philip. Now, do we want four more years? And I'm not talking about only his policies that come to hunting, fishing, and trapping. I'm talking about his uh, wind farm policies. There are so many questions about wind farms, uh, production of electricity out there, that are not being answered. Uh, A couple of our um, members, uh, Arnie Allrich with the Hudson River Fishermen and John Toth with Jersey Coast, Mm -hmm. have gone to all the meetings. And there are so many questions that are not being answered. We're being pushed aside that who's going to pay for it? There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things with this governor that you don't see. So, you know, we've got to rouse the troops up. We've got to get the guys and girls out there to start rattling the bushes, just like we did 12 years ago, because we can make a difference. And, and Ed, even before that, though, the 2007 with getting Panther and Karcher out who they wanted to uh, reconfigure the Fish and Game Council. That was when the, the formation of the NJOA, and that real, everything was galvanized, everything made a difference. But unfortunately, over the years, again, you get complacent, Christie won, the bear hunt was back on, wildlife management, the science was succeeding. And then, okay, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to acknowledge, you know, you get complacent. And then, boom, along comes Murphy spreading all that money around. Now, this is my, my opinion only, not Markowski's here. I don't know what Ed thinks on this. You know how I feel about Democrats. But there was a decent guy, State Senate President Steve Sweeney. Again, hunting, fishing, trapping, still very much in the fabric of the southern tier counties in New Jersey. And also up north, shout out to the friends we have in Passaic and, and Hunterdon and, you know, Sussex County up there. But really ingrained in here. And he was, he's decent. At least he sits down with the NJOA, Sports Federation, other and listens. And he's, I would say, okay, pro-hunting, let's, let's cover the hunting and pro-hunting. He was ostensibly, in my opinion, the candidate that was going to go running against Guadano. All of a sudden, this Murphy, this carpetbagger, comes out of nowhere. I guess Germany. He's ambassador of Germany. Spread this money everywhere to all the Democrat enclaves. Everywhere. Next thing you know, hey, Steve, you're out. Here's our guy. And that's what we ended up with. And uh, I'll tell you, Ed, from my opinion, again, not just the hunting and fish, whatever, but four more years of this guy... It's definitely going to be the California, the West Coast. As Jack, who was a guest on Rack and Vin Radio, has been on here twice, hope to get him one more time, has said, we don't want that. No. When, when, if Murphy loses or he gets a second term when he's over, he will not be a New Jersey resident. If you look, I think Christie still lives up in Mendham. I think you, you mentioned Steve Sweeney, um, uh, one of our strongest supporters, his district over there in District 3. Yep supported us on almost every piece of legislation we've had out there. Um, we did a piece that called the Legislative Success Story about two bills that they helped us get through yep. that have changed how we manage deer in New Jersey. Um, and, and you're absolutely right in the fact that the National Party stuck us with Phil Murphy four years ago because of the work that he had done during the Obama administration. Um, so, But we, we can make that difference right now. We can 
send this guy back where he belongs uh, into the private sector uh, and back to his villa in Italy. Uh, and, and we can do it. There's no doubt in my mind that the election is close enough now yep. that where we as a collective group can make a difference, Tom. Hey, let me ask you this, and I'm going to put you on the spot because you're far away from me. You can't kick my ass. What do you say, Ed, to the Democrats? Again, all these organizations that we have, the outdoor organizations, love to hunt, love to fish. Some are trappers. But no matter what, and again, especially with the wind farms, these things are a disaster. No matter what, and you mentioned a couple of names, no matter what, are going to vote Democrat. What, what, can you change your mind? Is it, uh, is it impossible? No, no, we did that once before. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, our very first rally that we held in Mullica Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, I was walking Steve Sweeney into the uh, podium for him to give us uh, his opinion on the outdoors. And as we walked up the audience, people looked and they went, yo, Steve, yo, Steve. And Steve looks at me and he says, those are my iron workers. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, those are my hunters. So we do have, there is that crossover. That is that loyalty to the sportsman. Because if I look at our ranks, we've got teachers, we've got doctors, we've got iron workers, we've got electrical workers, we've got bus drivers. We've got Masons, we've got everybody, retired people, people that are still active, that are sportsmen and women in the state of New Jersey. If, if we look at between our, our legal gun owners and our hunters, fishermen, uh, trappers, and saltwater anglers, we've got 1.6 million people that fall within that fraternity. Whoa. That's what we energized 12 years ago. That's what we have to energize today. Well, Ed, that's, it seems like a Herculean task here, but it, listeners, it is possible. It's within, Steve, I'm seeing anywhere from three to five points well within striking distance for Jack Chitterelli. We're speaking with Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Had a very successful, incredible fundraising shootout there at Red Wing Sporting Clays. Again, shout out to Roger Guyverson and that great crew there in Port Republic. Suey's Landing Road, by the way. Ed, I love that course. Not that I hit anything. And the importance of getting it starts today. Early voting in New Jersey starts today, nine days ahead. We still have nine days left. Get out and vote the importance of getting Murphy out and Chitterelli in. Let the science of wildlife and fisheries management work. Let it work. Don't, again, because I have a, I've always been a Democrat. My family always voted Democrat. I have to vote for him, even though I like to hunt, right? Even though I own a firearm. And that's still, I bang my head on the wall with that. Not to put you on the spot again, but I find it impossible. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But... We always voted Democrat, and that just that that just makes me insane. The thing of it is, we have to uh, look at what we face if we don't vote in this election, and if we don't vote for Jack, we face. I think there are nine bills right now that are in limbo. To something as simple as uh, Mrs. Uh, Murphy doesn't like to hear shots early in the morning on the river behind her house. So there's a bill out there that would allow municipalities to set the times for duck hunting. And uh, there you go. All the way down to uh, making uh, the firearms ID card renewable every four years, uh, raising the price on pistol permits, raising from 18 to 21 when a, a person can buy a long gun. So all of these are out there. All of these are sort of in limbo right now. We're not talking about them because we don't want to rouse up the public just before an election. But Wait and see when, if we don't get out, if we sit on our hands for this election and we don't energize our base out there, uh, we're going to, we're going to see a lot of things that are going to be coming up that I don't know if we can stop and we can stop it now. We can stop it between now and November on election day by getting out the sportsmen and women to vote. And uh, like I said, um, I've seen a tremendous amount of activity down here. I've seen a lot right. of jack signs. I've seen a lot of talk. Uh, some districts that are normally uh, Democratic uh, districts, I'm looking at the polling in those districts, and Jack is ahead by 10 points. There you go, yep. Mm -hmm. I am optimistic that if we do our part as sportsmen and women, hunters, fishermen, trappers, saltwater anglers, if we do our part, the results on the, on Wednesday morning when we wake up, we'll have a new governor. And remember, uh, this is working across the lines because if I look at the Senate and the Assembly, they're both going to stay pretty much the way they are. There'll be a few flips, a few right. changes. Yeah, right. There's mm -hmm. a few districts where it's going to be tight, but overall it's going to stay the same. 
So we will have the same situation where we have the two sides are going to have to work together in order to take the state ahead. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about this morning is the um, under ticket, the Sheila Oliver versus Diane Allen. Oh, yeah. You know, Diane came to all of our events. Diane Allen was yep. the primary sponsor on several of our bills that have been passed. Um, the blood tracking bill for allowing the tracking of deer with dogs. Diane Allen was the primary sponsor on that. Mm-hmm. And if you recall correctly, we had legislation to make all of the inshore reefs a uh, non-commercial recreational. We had passed a bill in the Senate. We had over 50 assembly members signed on as co-sponsors. Sheila wouldn't post the bill. And it died. We had to settle for an 80% compromise rather than total uh, removal of all commercial gear from our inshore reefs. So look at the top of the ticket. Yes, let's look at the bottom of the ticket. And what do we get? A sportswoman who has supported us, who is a gun owner, who has come out to our events, who has legislatively supported us in her caucus, or somebody that has acquiesced to the commercial fishermen against the recreational fishermen when it came to the artificial reef. So look at the whole ticket. Let's look at the upper part and lower part and what we're going to get. And, boy, we've got a win-win with Jack and Diane. Absolutely. We've got a loser with King Philip and Sheila. (laughs) Can you say it any better than Markowski, people? Come on, Eddie puts it there. And thanks for joining us at Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Great friend of Rack and Finn Radio. Now, Jack, listen. uh, Jack, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm thinking Jack and Diane. You got me, got me thinking this. And uh, now we're gonna off the air. I'm gonna need your uh, shirts. As we got some new Rack and Fin sweatshirts coming out, man. You're gonna be a poster boy for Rack and Fin, Eddie. <laughs> okay, Tommy. Thank you. We'll take you. Best of the family. See you soon, Ed. Okay. Take care. Get out and vote. Markowski could not put it any plainer. What is at stake? Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM. South Jersey's talk station. Fox News, I'm Carmen Roberts. Democrats inch closer to finalizing changes to the president's social spending plan. Speaker Pelosi said yesterday she's confident it will happen soon. We had a very positive meeting this morning. I'm very optimistic. Much of what we need to do has been just a few decisions more. The White House is negotiating with holdout Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And the FDA staff says Pfizer's COVID vaccine for kids appears to be highly effective at preventing symptomatic infections. Debate is supposed to start this coming week on if the nearly 28 million kids in the U.S. should get the shot. Independent advisors to the FDA will take on that question Tuesday. Fox's Jill Nato. If approved, shots could start next month. America's listening to Fox News. UWPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather Forecast for South Jersey. For the overnight, mostly cloudy skies with a low temperature falling down to 51. Turning out to be a cool one for Saturday. Clouds with breaks of sunshine. Much cooler compared to recent days with a high of 64. Chilly for Saturday night with mainly clear skies, low of 45. And for Sunday, looking dry. Sunshine and patchy clouds cool, though, with a high of 65 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Matt Benz on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Look out below. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We're going to have October 23rd and 24th. First day of early voting. Get out and vote. You had heard what Ed Markowski said. Get out and vote. Murphy must Go. Hey, you're listening between 5 and 6 a.m. Talk Radio WPG 95.5 FM and WPG 1450 AM. Streaming live on that site, WPG1450.com. And from 7 to 8 a.m., you're locked into 50,000 mega far-reaching watts of the Rack and Fin Radio Message 97.3 ESPN FM. Streaming live, 97.3 ESPN.com. Want to get to the Rack and Fin Radio podcast? Go to the bottom of my blog. I think they're updated. I believe they're updated. I think they're supposed to be updated. My blog on 97.3 ESPN FM or and or 107.3 Cat Country. Okay, man, earlier in the show, we talked fall turkey season prospectus. Now let's talk some fall turkey season tactics and calls not as crazy as in the spring. We have Ron Jones, president, CEO, 
Head Muggity Muck, ACP Red X Pride game calls an outdoor sense base there in Monroeville in South Jersey. He's the man to want the guy. We're talking some fall Turks that can be a whole different ball game. Now, we busted some flocks totally by accident, walking some old tote roads, and there's a flock right in the Oh, it's not that easy getting them back, calling them back. Jonesy's here with us now to give us some calls, give us some tips and tactics. Ronnie, how you doing, little brother? What's up? Hey, Tommy. I, you know what? I, I, I'm just listening to you and wondering how in the world you talk this fast and keep everything square. It's just, it's, it's called being DeMarie inspired. And you know how that is. <laughs> Ronnie, she's chomping at the bit to hunt bears in PA, man. She's, that's, listen, my lovely DeMarie, I love you, baby. Well, looks like no bear season here. Let's go buy a place in Pensy. Ron, you know her, and there it is. <laughs> yeah, <you're> <laughs> Oh my God, she's waylaying the squirrels, and everything. So, right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Fall turkey tactics, entirely different ball game. They're getting out there and calling. You bust up a flock, you push them out, whatever. Some guys use dogs. It's legal in New Jersey. I've done that a few times in New York State. Shout out to uh, Turkey Trot Acres up there, Pete LeClaire. But, Ron, I'll tell you, fall turkey to me is exciting. It's a different ball game, and it can be extremely frustrating. To me, almost as frustrating as the spring season. Go, bro. What do you got? Well, you, you you gotta you gotta hunt the flock. I mean, yeah, a lot of guys will uh, bust the flock up, and that's the easiest way to do it. Um, but then you've got to be patient. Um, you know, I do a lot of testing with the calls, mm -hmm. and, and when you're getting around this time, you you have the flock, you bust the flock up, and then they take off. It it may be fifteen twenty minutes before they start to try to regroup, depending right. on the flock size and and who's in the flock and how far they dispersed. The best, the best way to do it that I've found is you've got to get them going in all different directions, okay? Um, if, they, if they jump up and they all go in three different directions, they'll, they'll come back together out in front of you or wherever. So you, you want to you wanna try to get them to bust up to where they're going left, right, north, south, east, west, all right. kicking caboodle, um, which is a feat in itself a lot of times because especially down here in the south, mm -hmm. it's so thick. Oh, They're going to oh. run with a bust, you know. Oh. Maybe up north and with the open ground, it's easier. But down here, you got to really, you know, you got to rush it. Right. The other way you could do it is just set up on a um, a green field or or what, what you know. It's still green here this year. Normally, as things are starting to brown out where it's supposed to be, but you know, as the season's getting in here, they're still be they're still going to come to the fields to 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 pick a little bit. They're going to be in the woods, but they're going to be on those acorn. Uh, Ridges. If you still have acorns, right, man, that's what you want to be. Right. Let me let me let me interrupt, interrupt you a second. As with the white tails, do they have the preference for the white oak acorns? Have you seen over the years, as opposed to the red, or is it acorns and acorn? They're like meat are going to eat anything. I, I I've never noticed. I I don't know that answer. Okay. Uh, it just seems that every acorn tree that's there, every oak, they're they're tearing up underneath it right yep. now. Mm -hmm. There, that it just looks like bombs went off everywhere mm -hmm. you know so i don't know if there's a preference i would you know just common sense thinking you would think the smaller acorns would be more sure uh edible or you know they'd like the smaller ones better but who knows who a turkey they'll probably gobble them big old white acorns and them big old chestnuts and mm -hmm. who knows um but that that if you can find acorns same as deer perch up against the tree and just start doing your flock calls, um, which is totally different than, uh, than, the, than the spring. You know, you, you, you want to do your key keys. You want to do your running key keys. You want to do excited key keys. I love key keys. And you could, you can do it with your, your, your mouth. Okay. Your, your whistle. Uh, I've done that many times with, you know, just do the mm -hmm. whistle with your mouth and then, and then, uh, do a, uh, a yelp with your mouth also. Most guys can't do that, so but so you use your diaphragms. Um, as far as your box calls and your and your pot calls, yeah, they work, but not as good as your key keys and your and your your flock sounds like your growls and your scratching and stuff like that. Well, let me uh, let me interrupt you a second. Uh, we were hunting once, and this was where were we? Southwest Jersey. Uh, busted a flock. Okay, there were obviously there was some gobblers, big bird gobblers in there. Hence, Jake, a teenager, they're running all over the place. Guy was using one of those shaker gobbler calls, and I'll be an sob if he didn't bring that bird in, man. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for you to hear uh, gobblers gobble. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, duck season two years ago, uh, opening day of duck season. We heard a, you know, at first light, we heard a gobbler, a couple gobblers up in the tree gobbling. Um, why? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe levels in the air. Maybe he just wanted to gobble. I don't know. But um, any any flock sound or any turkey sound will bring them in if they're interested. You just got to make it interesting. And that's, you know, I, that's just, that's probably one of the things that most callers, they they don't understand you, you tell a story is what i i tell people all the time whether it's springtime or fall or mm-hmm. deer calling or or predator you're telling a story all right um you're trying to persuade an animal there's a reason to come here or to, or in this case a turkey to come here so um if you if you bust up a flock of of uh, birds those those uh birds are still going to be somewhat young and um, what we're trying to do is when we bust up the flock, I want to imitate another young bird with the key keys getting excited because I want to get back to the flock. Okay. okay. For whatever reason, I want that flock to get back to me. And then I want to tell another story if I can at the same time as there's another, there's an adult, the older female, the dominant female, that flock or that group. Uh, she's, directing everybody back in. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm lost. Here I am. Okay. I'm lost. Come here. That type of a story, if you will. Um, it's, uh, I'll try to do something here for you. Oh man. That's so real. have to do that for a while okay because they're gonna have they got to position themselves they got to make sure everything's okay and again you're waiting 15 20 minutes which is probably better because if you try to do it right away you're still fresh in their mind of coming in and busting them out right right so you want to let it go as long as you can before you before you uh try calling them and again this is why it's important to try to get birds going behind you, in front of you, out to the right, mm-hmm. out to the left. Uh, get them scattering as quick as, as, as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, that, that, and again, that's a, just keep going. Just keep going. Um, when you get them answering you, that's when I will do exactly what they're doing. So if, if I've got, if I've got the old hen, she's really giving me a raspy uh, yelp, then I'll, I'll uh, start doing the switch switch ups. I'll have a, a high for the the upper in my mouth for the key keys, and then I'll try to switch over to a to a little deeper yelper. I tried doing that with two calls one time. I about killed myself. So, don't be <laughs> uh, Ron, <laughs> is is there ever a case where you make the error of over calling? I mean, like you said, cap, keep going, keep going, keep going. Once they start to answer you, do you? I mean, tone it down a little bit insofar as the the frequency of the calls. No, I, I don't, but I'm not going, I'm not going heavy in the first place. In other words, I may be calling a lot, but I'm not calling, um, to break their eardrums either. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm calling just, I'm calling just enough to get them. I, you, you want that key key excited. You want the key key to, you, you want that young bird to really feel frustrated. Okay. And, and you can also add the, a few yelps in from a young bird, like something like this. I mean, something like that. Get her. If you can get that dominant uh, female to, to start yelping back at you, then I just keep on going with the key keys on it. Just okay. keep going with the key keys on it. If, um, if I'm just sitting there and I, and I want to, uh, I'm on an acorn flat or I'm in a, on a ridge and, and and um, I'm just blind calling. Then I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the flock sounds, and I'm gonna do yelps. I'm gonna do something like this. Okay. 
just light stuff and then in the same time take a stick and and kick your leaves up and there you and, go yep uh-huh and what have you a wrong question before i let you go we're up against a hard break we're seeing ron jones president CEO, ACP Readiness Pride, game calls and outdoor sense, fall turkey calling tactics, some techniques there. Ron, listen, half hour before sunrise, a half hour sunset. You're going to have to listen. The season's going to go it's today and it's going to start again Monday and go through next Saturday, the 30th. Half hour before sunrise, half hour after sunset. Magic hour time or in the fall, it's you find them when you find them if you're at that. Like I said, we generally do. And now, listen, you don't need, you don't need an orange when you're hunting turkeys. But, Ryan, here's another thing. We're squirrel hunting, okay? I won't mention the area. We're an orange, man, there's an orange cap, vest, whatever. Ron, had a flock on public land, had a flock of turkeys picking through about 25, 30 birds. Now, we're stock still against the trees. Ron, they walked right by us. So I asked Tony McBride, who was a former turkey project leader, turkey biologist. He says, Tom, they see colors all the time. Where you are, they see cars. They see this. You know, there's, there's some the litter in the woods. You know, there was an old big blue tarp there. I said, son of a gun. Is it time of day, Ron, early morning, later when light is low? Or does it does it matter when you're out there? I I personally think it's it's what they they uh, address the situation and, and, and interpret it as. In other words... You have the uh, the hunter walking through the woods in, in full blaze or in full orange, and they've watched him just walk past. Like, oh yeah, yeah, there's some turkeys, but I'm just going to keep walking. I don't think they have a, a care in the world at that point. Right. Um, all of a sudden, that that guy in the blaze orange stops and starts looking at them. Then, you, then <laughs> they start saying, oh, right? Uh -oh. Something's up. I, I Something's say, up. I have a thing. Um, Turkeys are smart when they want to be, and they're dumb when they want to be. Um, <laughs> you know, they they they, they perplex you. I, I get turkeys here in the yard, and and they'll let me be. They'll they'll let me twenty yards from them. Okay, and in the springtime when I'm calling them, they they won't let me two hundred yards in front of them. So I mean, yeah. it's it's. Um, I, I I think we we as humans don't realize that animals birds, what have you, observe things better than we do. And, and they, they, um, behavior, body language is very important to a, to an animal mm -hmm. and they interpret it very, very quickly. For example, a deer who is in an area where there's people walking their dogs and jogging up and down paths and stuff like that, the deer don't, they don't pay attention to that person. Or any of those people, all a farmer plowing the field, guys picking or whatever. But all of a sudden, you're in camo and you're going to the stalk mode, and they they come unglued and take off like a rocket ship. Um, <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah, Ron, I've seen that uh, many times when I used to run. I do a lot of walking now, but right, something out of the norm, and they just they're, they're right on it. Okay, Ron, we're up against a hard break. Got to get going. Thanks for joining us, Rack and Fin Radio. Uh, Ron, give that Facebook page website. What do you got, bro? Hey, the easiest way to get a hold of this is rednextpride.com. It's the, the, the fastest, easiest way. And listeners, you want the urine and, and gland-free scent? Ronnie, how's that going with you? So far, pretty good. Things are starting to heat up, so we're we're, we're, we're going to Excellent. It's going to be a rough couple of years, but we're going to get her going. Got you, Ron. Best of Donna and your dad, everybody. Take care. See you. Hey, we'll see you in a Hey, listen, by the way, by the way, with those calls, any chance I could hire you next Friday? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll pay you in pizza and Ronies. How's that? <laughs> well, hey, are, are you going to be at the trapping convention at the uh, in the, the the sixth and seventh? Does a fat kid love cake? Come on, man. I was up in Beamerville. I'm gonna. I'll be seeing you. That we miss you up there, Ron and Sussex. We miss you. We'll see you down here. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Take care, Ronnie Jones. Up against break. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio Turkey Time. Through next Saturday. Be right back. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio. 
Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Back for our final segment, Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. October 23rd and 24th. Time for a fishery report or two. Hit Big Johnny Grimco. Fanatics Marine Supply. West Avenue in Ocean City, where John Grimko is going to say, Tom P, things are happening. What do you got, bro? Go! Hey, Tommy, good to talk to you. Uh, we got a little bit of everything starting to show up. Uh, some bluefish are starting to appear out front and along, along the beach lines. Uh, kingfish and spots still on the surf. Nice. Got a big surf contest going this weekend. Good. Uh, bass, bass, bass. I'm saying again, coming over. I was down in Cape May area, coming over that bridge on that right side, northbound yep. side of the parkway. Some boats in there just before dark. Keenan on stripers back there. Are they that far back? Uh, yeah, the stripers are still coming down the river. Uh, they're around by the parkway bridge. Also, hearing some go. other strange colored fish down there, kind of purple and yellow. What the hell's that? Things we haven't seen in a while. Some weeks of starting a show. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> John, they get my what? The finesse? What's the dealio on the weekies? Yeah. Um, the guys are closed mouth. Yeah. But the <laughs> amount of guys I'm seeing there, uh, usually, and a couple of boats that I know, um, they're, you know, they're targeting yeah. them. You know, uh, I don't think they're the giants, but uh, you know what? There's activity. Yeah. Right. Down they're also, right. also down behind Sea Island Avalon. Now, Corson's Inlet down that way, John, again, Sea Island Avalon, down behind Strathmere. Isn't yep. it about time? It's good. Like clockwork this time. It was always around the third week in October to make the second week in November. This The uh, spotted sea trout are up. You hear anything? The anything specs around, sure. Yeah. Okay, the specs are here. Any size to them, Johnny? Um... The ones, the guys that are telling me a little info, uh, three pounds. That's still a lot of fun. A light tackle and great eating. Yeah. John, before I let yep. you go, a, uh, Ocean City Reef, sea bass tog, what's the dealio? Uh, quite a bit of tog, quite a bit of sea bass. A any of the bridges right now around uh, loaded with tog. A lot of shorts this year. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent two days togging uh, a lot of bulkheads and pilings mm -hmm. from Longport uh, Bridge down into Avalon. I had over 60 tog in two days with uh, not a keeper. Oh, yeah, it sounds like flounder fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fish around 14, 14 and a half inches, but couldn't hit that 15-inch mark. But, you know, a lot of activity, you know, uh, Nick from the store took his uh, fishing club up to the pier, up to um, Ocean City Longport Bridge this week. Uh, in less than two hours, they went through six dozen crabs with eight kids. That's a furious bite, man. Okay, Johnny, man, we'll see you this week. Hey, let's, let's uh, do a little fishing first week in November before the tog hordes get out. I'll show you how to get a keeper, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that, but you never do. Uh, yeah, right. He means never get a keeper. Johnny, we'll talk Take to you next care, week. Doug. See you, brother. I'll do it for this week on Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Get out and enjoy cornucopia time. The month of plenty is here. It's going to run into November, but I'm going to forget. South Zone duck season open today. Happy New Year. And we have the statewide turkey season today through next Saturday. Stuff's happening. Again, Tog is Inferno. Stripers are around that eel bite, eel bite, elio, dealio. That is it. And trout everywhere. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. God bless law enforcement. Jack for Governor Murphy must go. 95.5 FM.